What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips. It is that midweek recap time, and I have got a ton of stuff to show you today. But I wanted to start off with some first impressions and some notes on managed payments. Uh, I went live yesterday at about 8 in the morning. I got the email that my account was live, and I thought I'd share a few quick thoughts. Actually, I don't know if they're all that quick. I typed up about two pages <laughs> worth of stuff. Um, for the most part, I've actually been pretty pleased with it initially. Um, it was pretty quick and easy to go in and get everything kind of set up the way I wanted it. Um, I actually have opted to do weekly payments, which is what I was doing with PayPal anyway. I was withdrawing money once a week. So um, I've set that up the same way. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I will make a quick note. I want to apologize if you hear a cricket in the background. There's a cricket somewhere here in the basement. He's driving me nuts. I can't find him. <laughs> I don't know if he's loud enough to come across on the microphone or not, but he is chirping like crazy and driving me insane. <laughs> um, so to talk about managed payments, the, the first thing uh, kind of goes back to the when I'm going to take the money out and just the the cash flow change. So... I generally was withdrawing money from PayPal on Mondays. My payout day on managed payments is Tuesday. So there's a, a little bit of an extra day's delay there, which is probably not in the scheme of things all that big a deal. Probably the bigger deal and the one that I hear people kind of complaining about the most is the time it takes from when an item is purchased to when the payment moves from pending status to available funds. That looks like it's probably a couple of days. Everything that was purchased yesterday as of this morning is still in pending status. So I assume that only updates every business day. So I don't expect any changes there. So initially, there's going to be, in my case, my expectation is anywhere from a three to a five day delay of cash flow when I take that weekly payment. So, and by that, I mean, obviously, I've already got one day delay because my payment date has moved. But I assume there will be two, three, obviously with a payment out date of Tuesday. I've got the weekend leading into it. I don't know what their processing looks like over the weekend. So I could have theoretically payments from Saturday, Sunday, and Monday that don't get paid out on Tuesday. Um, maybe even going back as far as Friday. So there's a little bit of a, a lag there. So that first payout will probably be a little bit light. It's not ideal, certainly, but it's not it's not a deal breaker. Um, and it's really only a one-time issue because the next week's payout date will include whatever it was, the three or four days that I missed the week previously, plus then that week's three or four days. So I'll get a seven-day payout in the second one and each subsequent one. So once that initial pain of that, whatever it ends up being, three or four-day delay is passed, I'll perpetually be that amount of days behind. But each week, I'll be getting a week's worth of money, which is totally fine. I, I kind of think about it like a paycheck at a job. You work two weeks, and at the end of the third week, You've actually worked a third week, and now you get a check for those first two weeks. So you're technically always a week behind getting your money. This is going to be kind of the same thing. It won't be a week's worth. It'll be a few days' worth. But you're perpetually always going to be a little bit behind. But it only really matters the first week when you're a little short and the last week when you quit 
and you get an extra check or you get paid for the week a week after you quit working, if that makes sense. So again, compared to PayPal, where you got almost immediate access to your funds, if somebody bought something at eight o'clock in the morning, I could withdraw that money at 8.01 and have it in my bank account literally the next day. That in a perfect world would be the way that this worked. It's not how it's set up. It's more akin to traditional retail credit card processing, where there's a two or three day processing delay. It's compounded by the fact that there's also a delay getting the money from that account into your bank. So it's not perfect. I'm I'm not I'm fortunate I'm not in a position where daily cash flow is that crucial to my business. If I miss two or three days, um, either because of this or because I just happen to not sell anything, which again, knock wood, that's never happened. I've never gone a day without selling something. Um, my, my business is not going to collapse or be, I'm not going to miss bills or not be able to source because of a couple of days of cash flow disruption. So again, it's not ideal, but it's not, it's, this is not a crushing blow, at least to my business. Let me know in the comments, how you think this is going to affect your business. Um, you know, whether you think this is a problem, uh, if you're already on managed payments, if it has been a problem for you, um, curious what other people's experience has been. A second thing that I noticed is the handling of sales tax is a little bit different. So previously sales tax was shown in your eBay sales total, and it was also put into your PayPal account. So it was part of that total transaction and it was put into your PayPal account. And then if you looked on your fee line in PayPal, you saw that the PayPal fee was paid to PayPal. And then there was also a deduction for sales tax, which was sent back to eBay. Now, when you look, that sales tax is still included on your sales page in the total. But when you pull up in managed payments, your actual payment amount, that sales tax is not in there. It's gone directly to eBay. From a practical standpoint, it probably doesn't really matter. Um, but from an accounting standpoint, depending on how you were treating the way eBay was handling sales tax, it is something you need to be aware of because you'll need to kind of change how you find that sales tax figure if you're accounting for it in any way within your own accounting practices. So um, I have a spreadsheet that I use. I made a couple of tweaks to it to account for the change and it's, it's going to work out just fine. It was just, you know, one more thing that had to be done to kind of make the transition. Um, but it is something that I wanted to make you aware of. Next thing, if you have items, when you transition from PayPal to managed payments, if you have items that are awaiting payment, so something someone has bought, but not yet paid for those items, when they are paid, that money is going to go to PayPal not to your managed payments account. Now, the reason for that is, of course, that listing, when the customer purchased it, did not have managed payments as a payment option. It was PayPal. So that's the only option the customer has to now pay for it. So that, that first few days of transition, I had four items that were awaiting payment. Three of them were paid yesterday, and those all went to my PayPal account. So a little bit of a double work in terms of, you know, tracking where the money was going and the accounting and making sure everything balanced at the end of the day. Um, but again, that's a, it's a one or two day dilemma that you're going to have to track money going into two separate places after that, that should all be done with. Um, 
the one that I have that's outstanding, there's already an unpaid item case open for. I don't think the customer's going to pay, so I'm probably done having to deal with it. Uh, but be aware that anything in your awaiting payment that was purchased while you were a PayPal account, that money is going to go to PayPal. The other thing, kind of in line with that, is you'll want to leave, and other sellers have already talked about this, but you'll want to leave a little bit of money in your PayPal account because for the very same reason, if you have to do a price adjustment, a partial refund, or accept a return on an item that was purchased with PayPal prior to going on managed payments, that refund or return is going to have to be done through PayPal. You can't use your managed payments money to handle that. So leave a little bit of money in there, if, especially if you're in a category that has a reasonably high amount of returns. I've had four returns all year. I'm still leaving $200 in my PayPal account just in case something goes particularly haywire. I'll probably leave it in there for about 30 days, which is my normal return policy. And at the end of that time, if I haven't used it, I'll move it over to my regular uh, business checking account and call it a day and move on. I don't, I wouldn't expect to have any issues after that. So that kind of sums up a few of the high points that I kind of saw over the first couple of days. I've heard a lot of sellers complain about how the accounting with managed payments is a bit of a nightmare. And if, if you feel that way, uh, please chime in in the comments um, or reach out to me and let me know what, what it is about it that you think is causing you such grief. Um, because I don't, I don't really see it just yet. Like I said, I had to make some tweaks to my spreadsheet and how I account for some things like the sales tax issue. Uh, but the nice thing is with those fees coming out. Now my spreadsheet actually shows me item by item net profit on every single item I sell throughout the course of a day. So I can, you know, it's really useless information at that micro of a level. Um, but it's kind of cool to see that a, a particular book made $28.15 or whatever it was. You know, So tracking it down to actually the line item level net profit, including all fees and shipping and the whole nine yards, it's kind of cool. Uh, building the spreadsheet was actually a little fun because it was a bit of a challenge to get the numbers to all come out right. So, But it's kind of a nice look. In terms of overall accounting, all I did in my accounting software was I set up a new account of a bank. I just called it eBay Bank. And all of the money that goes into or out of that account, so sales coming in, shipping going out, fees going out, goes into my accounting software paid and or received in eBay bank instead of a regular banking account. So at the end of the day, I can tally everything up. I look at my total. My accounting software says I should have $125 in my eBay managed payments bank account. I go to the eBay managed payments dashboard and it says I have $125. I'm golden and I know my day is good and I can get on with the rest of my life. Um, so if you haven't done that, that's one suggestion. Just set up a separate bank. That way, even if the money's in pending status, not really paid yet, it's still, it's going to be in there. It's your money. So create a separate account of a type bank and just track it in there. Then when you move it to your regular business or checking account or to your personal account, you just do a line entry in your accounting software to transfer the money from one account to the other, and everything's in balance. So that's what I've done with mine. Let me know what you're going to do with yours. Um, again, overall, 
it's one day. So I'm, you know, we'll see if anything rears its ugly head. Uh, the, the delays in the payments, like I said at the beginning, not ideal, but not something that was totally unexpected. Um, from my experience in retail and having credit card processing, it's in line with what I experienced there. So I'm not, I'm not sweating the few days of delay and we'll just kind of get on with things and uh, move forward from there. So with that, it's time for a sponsor break for those at the podcast. I did want to give a couple of quick shout outs. Uh, First to my man, Timmy P, and also to Alice Goes Nomad, who is now also a contributor to the channel and the podcast. Alice, thank you so much. Uh, Here's your reward, a picture of Josie. (laughs) Uh, Hope you enjoy that. Thank you again uh, so much for your support. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. And we're back. So now it's time for the fun stuff. None of this accounting nonsense. I know everybody hates the accounting, but it's a really important part of your business. It's the only way you know if you're really, truly making any money or not. So I I thought it was valuable to talk about, especially with everybody transferring over to managed payments. So, but let's get into the fun stuff. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to share with you today. Some of it is not really even all that big of money. It's just some cool stuff like this first one here, uh, Elvira Haunted Hits CD from Rhino. It's a $13.59 sale. I sent an offer out on it of like 15% off whatever I had it listed for and it sold, but come on, it's Elvira. (laughs) How can I not show that, right? Um, This next one, Quest the Mad Lad. Uh, This is my first album. This is another one, just a cool item. $14.99 free shipping, really not big money, but it was a neat piece. The money actually wasn't that bad because this was part of that big 8,000 lot, so I owned it for about three and a half cents, so... We will take that and uh, send Quest, the mad lad, on his way. This was also from that lot. Uh, Danibel Hall, The Best Gets Better from 1995. This was a gospel CD. I'd not heard of her. Uh, there weren't many out there, so there wasn't much to get good comps off of. I put this up for $17.99, and it was up for about a week, and somebody bought it. This is also from that lot. This is a new and sealed CD from 2001 but from Matador Records, Bardo Ponds Dilate. Um, these new sealed CDs, a lot of these um, are bringing pretty good money. They're not something you're probably generally going to be able to find. Most, if you're out at garage sales and estate sales, most people bought CDs and they played them. So it's really unusual uh, the only reason I have so many new and sealed was because this was a buy from a record store that had closed. So I'm in kind of a unique situation here with all of this new product, uh, which has really helped the bottom line on some of these deals. Here's one. This was opened, but this was a really kind of unusual piece. Hawthorne Heights Hope uh, was in a cardboard sleeve. They did a series of EPs back in 2012. These guys are actually kind of local, um, random off story. Uh, Matt, who is, I believe, the bass player in this band, was actually a customer in my record store for a long, long time before he joined Hawthorne Heights, who is out of Dayton, Ohio. And the band actually did an unplugged set uh, in my store. We probably had, man, I don't know, 300 people in there maybe. I mean, it was packed out for these guys. Really good show. Really good dudes. Um they had their dramas with Victory Records, went out on their own. This was a self-released um, EP. 
This went for twenty three seventy nine with free shipping. Um, I don't, I can't recall how many there were of this series. I think I've got Hope and Hate and maybe one other. I think there might have been four total. Um, so I've sold this first one. I've got a couple more out there. Heather B. Taken Mine. This is another new CD, um, also from that big lot. This is from 1996. This went for $25 with free shipping. And the big one for the week, Dead Ringas. New Ringa Order. This is from 1996. This was also new and sealed. I think I had this listed for $49.99. I got an inquiry on it from a guy in France asking if I would take 40 bucks for it. I own it for three and a half cents. How do you say no to that? <laughs> uh, this went through the global shipping program. So uh, I essentially paid my $2.80 to get it to the global shipping center, which is right across the river here down in Kentucky. And it is on its way. So that's a really nice flip. So CD sales continue to be really, really strong. Uh, selling anywhere from 35 to 40 a week, pretty consistently. Anywhere from $8 up to, you know, 25 30 40 dollars depending on the week so very pleased with how that's going i know a lot of people don't want to mess with it and say there's no money in it but i beg to differ uh here's an interesting one this is a as far as i know this is the first viewer purchase uh Jay Mortify, John, thank you so much i appreciate the business he reached out to me he was looking at multiple lots of blu-rays um, he tried to make an offer, but I have <laughs> uh, offered uh, auto decline set up, and he was he was trying to get him for a little bit below my number. Um, and I just uh, he sent me a message and said, "Hey, I'm looking at these. This is what I would like to do." I pulled the lots together, basically worked up a number that was within twenty cents, I think, a piece of what uh, John wanted to pay, and just built a new lot of all of the items that he wanted and sent it to him. So he didn't have to make offers on, I think it was five or six different lots. And I had to combine them and all that. I just created a whole new listing with the items for him, sent it over to him in a message and said, Hey, if we can do $45 for all, I think it's 14 of these. Um, I'll ship them for free. We'll call it a deal. We did it. They're on their way. Uh, John, thank you so much. I appreciate the support. Uh, I hope you enjoy the movies. Some really good stuff in there. Um, I am a huge science fiction fan. So he picked up a lot of movies that I actually would have bought. And I've, I think I've seen all of these. And I'm not a big movie guy, generally speaking. But uh, uh, this, was a, this was a pretty good lot. So hopefully he'll enjoy it. Get into some stuff now that's not in media. Uh, you may remember back in the summer, I bought a huge lot of... Hallmark Christmas ornaments. And I said at the time I was going to wait until closer to the holidays to list those. I was frankly tired of listing CDs and books last week. So I busted out the box of Christmas ornaments and got to work on those, listed all those last week. Uh, the first one has already sold uh, $17.99 with free shipping for Hallmark Keepsake Buzz Lightyear. Um, the ornaments, by and large, were in pretty good shape. I had a couple that were damaged that I ended up lotting up together at a really, really low price. Um, I've only got to sell probably two more of these out of the, I think there were 40 in the box, to bust out of them. So I'm pretty sure as we get closer and closer to Christmas, these will be a uh, profitable little venture. Speaking of Christmas, here's two Hershey's Christmas coffee mugs. Uh, these, you can't really tell in the picture, they were enormous. <laughs> um, 
32 ounce mugs. They weighed over two pounds a piece. They were about six inches high. Uh, the opening is about four inches across. They were massive mugs. Um, I took an offer on these of seventeen twenty four for the two of them. I bought the two of these for ninety nine cents a piece at a thrift store back in the spring. I figured I probably am not going to sell them in the spring, but again, as we get closer to the holiday, somebody may be interested in those. So seventeen twenty four. Uh, they, I actually had them on sale for twenty five percent off, plus the shipping. The shipping was not cheap because at two pounds a piece with the box and the packing, this thing weighed almost six pounds to get out of here. Um, but they are on their way. That's a fairly nice flip from a $2 investment. I'm going to show you a couple things now that seem just completely ridiculous and totally random. This first item is a Robeson portable kerosene heater operation manual. It sold, I had it on sale for 35% off. I had it listed for 10 bucks. I sold it for six fifty plus first class shipping. It's literally just the owner's manual from an old kerosene heater. A lot of times, if you're at garage sales or estate sales, sometimes you'll find there'll just be stacks of owner's manuals for all kinds of electronics equipment or random power tools or whatever. You can get those for pennies. A dollar a stack, I think I own this for eight cents. Uh, It was part of a lot of them I bought. I sold it for 650. Do you want to mess around with something for six fifty plus shipping? That that's a decision you have to make. But these are, you know, you do two or three of these kind of things a week. Uh, here's another one. Somebody asked on a Facebook group about the 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 church and the local organization recipe books, and I commented every time I see them, I buy them, I sell one or two a week, pretty much every week. Here's another one. The Vintage CPS Holiday Cookbook from 1994. This was put out by the San Antonio City Public Service. Sold for $12.99 free shipping. I own it for $0.15. Not huge money, but again, if you do an owner's manual and a recipe book and something else every week, you've done $30, $40, maybe $50 in sales. It's long tail stuff, but you get them all listed. It's essentially works out to be passive income because you don't ever have to do anything with it again. And eventually it seems like somebody buys almost all of this stuff. So it's, it's extra money. If you don't mind to put in the effort, maybe not worth the time if you're part-time and your time and your funds are a little more limited, but for somebody like me, who's full-time, I got nothing but time. I don't mind to go through a bag of these and get them listed, store them away somewhere. And when they sell, they sell, and it's essentially free money. I'm look at a few books. Buried Dreams Inside the Mind of a Serial Killer from 1986. Serial killer stuff sells. I'm sure you already know that. <laughs> uh, people love the movies. They love the books. Wh- whatever it is, uh, they almost always sell and sell pretty quickly. This went for $16.99 with free shipping. I own this for about $0.30. Cents. This was a small lot of paperbacks from uh, Dr. Tom Dooley. These were from, I want to say, maybe the 60s. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, Deliver Us from Evil, and The Night They Burned the Mountain. It's three random paperbacks that I got in a big lot. I own them for probably 15 cents a piece. So 45 cents turned into $17. This was part of a 15% off promotion I'm running. So not a terrible little flip. 
I see people all the time that say books are essentially worthless. If you can buy them cheaply enough, you can make good money on books. They're a little bit of work, but uh, they, they can pay very, very well. There's one odd thing. If you look at the, the listing in the about this item, the topic came up as mountaineering, which is not what these are about at all. And I've noticed the same thing happening with music. If you use the ISBN or the UPC, if eBay has the wrong information in there, you almost can't fix it. Because if you go in and change, for instance, in this case, the topic to what it actually is, because it doesn't match anymore what the ISBN is in their catalog, it deletes the ISBN and you get a warning. (laughs) So if you go back and fix the ISBN, then it switches the description or the topic back to whatever was incorrect. I wish they would fix that and allow us to make those edits. I'm finding it a lot, in, especially with all those CDs, where for whatever reason, they have albums in completely the wrong category. And I either have to leave the category wrong so that the UPC is there, or I have to put UPC not applicable so that I can change the category to the right one. I'm not really sure what the right answer is there. If you have an opinion on that, feel free to chime in on comments. Which is more important, that item-specific or the UPC or ISBN? For whatever reason, I don't seem to be able to edit both of those to get them correct. So it's, it's kind of a, it's probably more of an issue in my head <laughs> than it actually is for a real issue. Um, but it drives me a little batty, to be honest. Uh, another hardcover from Tolkien, The Sal- Silmarillion, Myths and Legends of Middle-Earth. This was part of another big lot of books that I own for maybe 50 cents a piece. This went for $17.99 with free shipping. Another nice Bible, uh, 1929 new indexed Bible with complete helps. Leather bound. This was actually in pretty rough shape. I don't know if you can see in the photos. Um, the spine was starting to come apart. The leather was peeling away at the bottom and at the top. Lots of damage around the edges. I took tons of good pictures. Somebody bought it, um, $25.49. They had made an offer. I think I had it for $29.99. They offered a percentage off. I've already gotten feedback on this that they were thrilled with the accuracy of the listing and of the photos because I took a bunch of good photos. And I've talked about this before. This customer knew exactly the condition this thing was going to show up in. They were willing to pay this amount of money to get it in what it looked like the condition was. And when they got it, it exactly matched how I described it and what the pictures showed. And he was thrilled. So it pays to be accurate in the description. Um, Not only does it prevent returns and adjustments, but it can also get you really, really positive feedback. This was an interesting book, Sin in Soft Focus, Pre-Code Hollywood. Uh, This is like a photo book of old film making. Um, This went for $25.99. This was part of a lot that I think I paid $40 for the entire lot. So this one book has recouped a really significant chunk of that purchase. The book itself was in pretty good shape. The dust jacket, while it was included, had some staining and some wear on it. A um, little bit of an odor. This item may have been exposed to smoke, which you can see if you can see the details in the listing. I disclosed in the listing. As long as you do that, 
If somebody buys it, knowing all that, you should be golden. I've already gotten feedback on this item. Everything is good. Really neat book. More Bibles. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago I showed the some of the Anchor Bible set going out. This is another, this was three books, uh, Psalms 1, 2, and 3, which were volumes 16, 17, and 17a. I have no idea how Anchor numbered these, but there you go. Uh, they were published from 1966 to 1970. This Again, as you can see in the description, I disclosed mild water stains and yellowing on dust jackets, in case you couldn't tell from the photo. And this was another global shipping program sale. These are going to Europe, $39.99 plus shipping. Um, The customer paid not only the domestic shipping, which I was charging, but whatever the global shipping was to get them from Kentucky to wherever they are. So this was probably a fairly expensive purchase for the customer. Uh, but a really nice sale, $13.33 a piece for some books that I own for probably about 50 cents. Speaking of books, I uh, did another huge buy yesterday. Uh, I mentioned in the podcast over the weekend that I was going to see uh, the estate sale where there were supposed to be a bunch of books. There weren't as many as I anticipated, and they weren't quite of the quality that I wanted. After the sale was over, I sent Gwen... Uh, who has the estate sale, a message on Monday. Are there books left? Would you like to get rid of them? She said, yes, if you can come get them. $75, you can have all the books, all the records, all the CDs, and all the DVDs. How do you say no to that? It turned out I got everything home. I got everything counted. The total buy was 1,008 items. It's like 615 books, uh, 120 records, over 100 CDs, handful of DVDs, some, some old magazines and flyers, pretty nice haul, um, for 75 bucks worked out to about 7.4 cents per item. Uh, the first item I looked up, I listed for almost $20. The second item was a set of 18 books from world war two. It's listed for $40. There's going to be a lot of dead inventory in this lot, but I will make my money back probably within the week on this deal and then have stuff that sells kind of forever. Again, on this book deal, I see people a lot of times that just say there's no money in books, that most books are worthless. That is true. A lot of books are worthless, but the handful that you get, especially if you buy them in big chunks like this, you can make really, really good money on. The last thing to show you for today, back to the model railroading. Um, These were here for a while, but uh, vintage O-Scale Railroading Magazine uh, sold the first three volumes. So this is volume one, two, and three from 1969 through 1975. I had these listed, I want to say for maybe 30 or $36 a year. I had someone reach out to me. They were trying to make an offer. And again, my minimum offer threshold was booting them out. I told them $24 plus shipping was my minimum number. And I would do combined shipping if they bought all three. We agreed on the number $72 plus shipping um, at 72 bucks a year. I own them for 96 cents a year. So less than $3 total flipped into 72 bucks. Uh, that's a win. So that's probably the flip of the week. With that, I'm going to close it out. Um, uh, this video was a little bit longer probably than I anticipated, A, because I really wanted to dive into the managed payments experience, and B, I had a ton of stuff that I wanted to share today. 
You know the story. If you found this video enjoyable, interesting, or informative, do me a favor and whack that thumbs up button. If this was your first time to the channel and you liked what you saw here, feel free to subscribe. Click the bell notification icon so you get notified each time I do a new video from here in the Batcave. Share it with your friends who are also resellers. Um, feel free to comment. I love, the again, the back and forth and the community. Um, so please do that. And with that, we're out. It's time to sell. Have a good one. Thanks, guys.